welcome to my podcast which is all about changing your business and money reality this is your master money coach dr gaurav dekha and you are money hello my friends how have you all been you know i'm going through a small little crisis today i'm calling it the year crisis because my ear my right ear has sort of become blocked and i can't hear properly through it <laughs> so i've just been using a lot of you know ear wax drop clear wax drops and all of that so yeah it's it's weird to record this podcast because you know i have to really use my earplugs so that you know my own voice does not sort of reverberate uh while i'm speaking to all of you <laughs> so i want to i want to actually start this episode with a celebration post that someone made inside atf it's a bit long one but it's worth mentioning also because there is something towards the end of it okay so this post is by supriya agarwal she happens to be an inner child coach and therapist and she writes inside it listen to it okay she writes from not having enough money to pay for my first therapy session to buying a 3 bhk apartment inner child healing changed a lot for me during a bad phase when i was going through a hurtful breakup life decided to throw another curved ball i had to re resign from my organization and due to toxicity instead of looking for another job i decided to go freelance as doing full time was difficult for me in the emotional phase that i was in i started working for a us based organization as a consultant and my payments for over 4 months of work got stuck it made me anxious and simultaneously as i did not process the pain of abandonment i had suffered a few months back i was on the verge of depression i realized i needed help but didn't know where to go one day i saw a post by gaurav dekha and decided to connect with him not knowing about his fees the next day we get on a call he told me the fee for one session at that time i could not afford the entire fee for one single session gaurav being kind now asked me to pay 50% and take the session and pay the remaining 50% later while i could have used that money for some other expense as i was short on money i went ahead with the session the best decision of my life ever after the session after the first inner child session i could see the layers of trauma and conditioning i was carrying with that came the realization that i needed to let them go i thought the ending of my relationship was the only pain point but i was wrong so wrong i had many coping mechanisms i have made a part of my being including perfectionism ocd hyper independence hypersensitivity emotional dissociation trust issues and more with the awareness that these are not parts of my authentic self but mechanisms i opted for survival during difficult times i had more work to do i started dedicating money to therapy slowly i could see my life change before my eyes and for good i became compassionate towards myself i started taking care of myself not for anyone but for my inner child i stopped looking for happiness outside connected with my inner children we have more than one inner child she mentions recognized my strength and started working towards enhancing them 
I not only recovered my stuck money, but landed an amazing project with a good pay package. Apart from money, the project was about a subject I loved working on and allowed me to grow in many ways. It challenged me to step out of my comfort zone and every time I exceeded my own expectations. All this was possible because my inner children were healing with each coping mechanism dropping. More space was created for something better. I started vibrating at a higher frequency and everything I wanted was happening. Buying a house was not a priority, but I started contemplating and two years back in February 2021, by the grace of the universe, I signed the papers for the house I bought with the money I had earned. I'm extremely grateful and filled with happy emotions as I write this gratitude post. It took me a long time to announce to the world this achievement of mine, but now feels like the right time. It is my way of giving respect to the home that welcomed me with open arms and deep love for my inner children. My home has given me so much space to grow as a person and as a therapist in myriad ways. My biggest learning is once you start working towards healing the wounded parts of you and walk on the path of self-discovery and self-acceptance, life changes in ways you cannot imagine. Yes, I crossed over and so can you. And this she writes as also a prelude to, you know, her upcoming program. It's called Let's Cross Over with Supriya. You will be able to find Supriya on her Instagram as well. She talks a lot about her program. Let's cross over. So I'm going to tell you her handle. Okay. It's Agarwal Supriya. Agarwal.supriya. Or you can just type Supriya Agarwal. And uh, she is currently running a program called Let's Cross Over. And it's about, again, healing the inner wounds, connecting to your inner children, crossing over from the world of pain, from the world of misery to the world of freedom. And today's episode is also something similar. So today's episode is called I'm Queer, So Are You right? Don't get triggered. <laughs> Don't get triggered. Mm, I'm going to start this with something. So let me tell you, one of the, one of the traits that I have from the very beginning that I love and sort of dislike at the same time, this is one of my traits. And this trait is basically the trait of giving all of it away. Like if I give all of it away, be it wisdom, be it learning, be it knowledge or be it information, I give everything away, always. And people who coach with me know that I don't hold any information back. I never ever feel that there is this piece of wisdom that I should keep to myself so that when the time is right, maybe I can give it away for a higher price. It is practically impossible for me to do so. Uh, there is a force inside of me that doesn't allow that to happen. I don't have cognitive control over it. And it's been like that from the very beginning. From the very beginning, it's been like that. I was not the kind of kid who would come back from school and run away to the playground to play with his friends. I would come back and sit with my mother. 
she would feed me rice, dal, and eggs made into mashed balls. And I would talk to her between every morsel, how we saw chicken today in the school playground running around. How our teacher sister Margaret told us the story of the cobbler and gave us sweets in the end. How everyone just runs in the playground during lunch break. And I and my best friend, his name was Hirab. I and my best friend simply like to walk, you know, and, and I would ask my mother, is that okay, ma? And I would tell her that I feel sad when I see the nursery, nursery kids waiting for their parents and that I would love to have a baby one day with a big belly and bread-like arms. And I would ask, would I be able to grow a belly, ma? And my mother would laugh and say, yes, we will get you one, don't worry. But, but then I would say, but then wait, I want to grow a belly, ma. And she'd say, boys don't grow, get to grow a belly. And I would begin to feel this discord within me but why? And I guess queerness is such an inherent experience, an expression that you cannot define it. I, I know we have a lot of intellectual debate around who is queer and who is not and what it means to be non-binary or trans and why gay men operate differently from lesbian women and vice versa. The intellectual logical explanation or the scientific temperament to understand the queer experience can sort of keep expanding and people can keep on uh, theorizing. But the lived experience is very different. You constantly feel alienated from the world, not necessarily in a bad way, but in a way that makes you feel strange about yourself and things you want. For example, it came to me as a very natural, conspicuous desire to have a belly. Even though as a little child, I didn't know that the baby was conceived in, that a baby is conceived in the uterus and you must have a womb and a vagina to deliver and not a penis. But it was so normal for me to assume that I can have a belly too. The feminine experience was so innocent and so inbuilt. I didn't need intellectualism to define that or explain it. And much as the pregnancy of my imaginary belly became the default state of my body and being, because that's what made me happy, it sort of seeped into other parts and other areas of my life. I began to experience myself as an ejector, someone who ejects information, someone who ejects grief, someone who ejects love, someone who would eject the story of his life, his experience, and share it with the world. Much like a mother who brings the child by ejecting the beautiful flesh and already expecting and assuming that the world will grow to love it. After all, it's a child. Who doesn't love a child, right? So when I ejected everything about me to two of my friends in medical college and thought that, after all, anything what is ejected of me is a child and who doesn't love a child, it was not met with love. The next day onwards, everyone sort of started looking away. Some people who would usually talk to me or greet me in the corridor would look away. I was the unwanted child in a system where perhaps no child ejected stuff, and I did. 
So when the depression grew during those six years in medical college, while everyone spoke about how I was turning mad because I was way too philosophical, no one could see that the issue wasn't of simple sadness of the heart or an inability to cope in a competitive environment, but of pure exclusion. The issue was of pure exclusion. Because the human soul demands inclusion. It abhors exclusion. In fact, why just the human soul? But also animals find greater safety in herds. Birds fly in flocks where one movement is followed by the rest. Fishes swim in schools creating a single beautiful wave. At the heart of all desires, a human soul also craves for the same. When I'm coaching my clients and students inside ATEPS, my primary outlook is to acknowledge everyone's queerness as a part of the collective diversity. And by queerness, I don't mean being gay or being lesbian or trans only. By queer, I mean someone who chooses their desire to be, to be who they are, to be in their truth, to look at the world with love and say, I have great but slightly different things to offer, to eject. Will you love me? Sometimes it's a mother of two who decides to give up her full-fledged doctor, lawyer, engineer identity and become a full-time entrepreneur. Sometimes it's someone trapped in an unfulfilling marriage and finding her joy in kink. Sometimes it's a divorced 50-year-old slowly trying to make sense of her world through the tools of coaching or divination. Sometimes it's an ex-sex worker who decides to open a shop. Sometimes it's someone walking out of her marriage after a forced abortion and finding her strength in a house with two rooms where for the first time she decides to live alone. Sometimes it's a mother who has just lost a child and instead of getting pregnant again, chooses to mourn. Sometimes it's a housewife who refuses to be in the house anymore. This is queerness. And this is who I am. And I teach my people to be. Because when you're queer and you grew up in a place like Northeast, Assam, and on top of that, you're a man of color, Historically, what happens is by the time you grew up and meet the rest of the world, like I went abroad, studied and traveled, and despite being in relationships where, queer relationships, where I could absolutely own my sexuality and my brownness, I truly could not place myself. I didn't feel belonged. Like when you go to America or even Europe, even in a place like Berlin, my favorite city, um, and and you have all the freedom to express your queerness. You're you, in a relationship with a man and you roam around the town. You can wear anything you want. You can speak whatever language, whichever way you want to express yourself. You still feel at odds. Why? Because historically, you have known that there is every possibility of being excluded and at every possible level. And the exclusion is not something that can happen to you in an outside world. The exclusion is internal because you carry it inside of you like that, like that pregnancy, you know? So you can be excluded for being brown. You can be excluded in your own country for being Northeastern. So many of my friends have faced it a zillion times. You can be excluded for being queer right from your childhood 
the only thing you look for then is, will I be accepted here? Is it safe enough to inhabit? It is then that being in any kind of group, not just a coaching container or a coaching group, it is then a challenge. And no one, I repeat, no one can replicate this experience of being a Northeastern brown queer coach who is beaten to the bones for his identity. And even though I've cried so many nights and my heart has ached beyond any possible repair, in all these years, I have grown to realize that if I do not bring the experience of my queerness to my coaching, I will be depriving the world of an exquisite lens. I will be depriving my students of the courage and faith to be different. I'll be depriving, depriving them of a life of diversity, the fact that their brains and their children's brains, children's brains could be different. The fact that consistency doesn't mean being self-critical for enjoying life. That money is not only for the white world, we equally deserve and demand it. That fate or God or universe is not unfair, but an equalizer. It chooses diversity because it wants the planet to fucking evolve. And that we live in a universe where love is the only ingredient that we can hold in our bodies to stand in our truth. That we are included and that we so divinely and so magnificently belong. I want to tell all my coaches listening to this episode out there and all the outliers and all the choice makers, please celebrate your queerness. Be an ejector. Give out to the world exactly who you are. And when you do that, I know you're going to be scared. It will fill you up with repetition and a bit of fear. And when that happens, come back to my voice. Listen to this episode once again. Know that if I could do it, you can too. I love you. See you next week. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are willing to change your business and money reality, head to my free coaching community on Facebook called You Are Money. Link is in the show notes. And do not forget to leave a review on Spotify.com or Apple Podcast. Thank you so much.